Hey everybody, we are starting Revelation chapter 17 today, and I want to apologize, uh, first of all, because starting about uh, Revelation chapter 13 through 14, 15, and 16, uh, I have been dealing with a lot of blood sugar issues and different things like that, and so I may have been repetitive, I may have been somewhat uh, going... Uh, a different direction with my teaching than I normally do, just trying to get through the material. Uh, but I'm feeling much better today, and I hope I hope you are feeling well also uh, as we start this 17th chapter. <clears throat> I'm pretty certain that chapter 17 of Revelation will have to be uh, broken up into two parts, so two programs. Just because of the sheer volume of information I'd like to share with you and lay out there for this great 17th chapter. And we're going to teach it just a little bit differently, at least this first seven verses or so, uh, as we look at what I have termed all my life, and, and others have coined this phrase, uh, Mystery Babylon. Basically, Revelation 17 and Revelation 18 it's talking about Babylon, mystery Babylon, or religious Babylon, or ecclesiastical Babylon in chapter 17, literal Babylon, political Babylon in Revelation chapter 18. And that factors into our conversation today because of this. Uh, when we say, I think it was in the 13th chapter, and we were studying the nation's uh, narrowing it down, the most likely place, according to the prophet Daniel, that the Antichrist will emerge from. And so we said it was the Syrian division of the old Grecian Empire. And Daniel would have been referring to this the way the nations were lining up in his time. Okay? And so, if you look at the Assyrian Empire, of Bible prophecy from back in the Bible days, you will see that it covers much of today's uh, Iran, Iraq, you know, over in the area of Persia, the Persian Empire, same thing, uh, covering the land masses of Syria, Iran, Iraq, parts of Turkey. And so that it, the land area of the empire was way larger than the broken down nations they have become in our time. And when I say broken down, I'm referring to the size of each country. And so that factors into this, because this what we're going to read here in Revelation chapter 17, the first seven verses, refers to the religion. It refers to the spirits that want to control empires. And this, this spirit of mystery Babylon is every false religion that the world has known was born in that part of the world. And there are demon spirits who are behind all false religion. All false doctrine, all false teaching, and every bit of it got its start in what would become the Babylonian Empire. 
the Babylonian Empire of Bible prophecy, just like the Assyrians and the Greeks and, and others, contained several, in other words, several of our modern-day nations in that part of the world would fit into the area of the ancient Babylonian Empire. Okay? So when we read this, then you'll understand, you'll be able to see that this 17th chapter is basically a parenthetical passage. Uh, there's several of them, eight so far, I guess, in the book of Revelation, maybe more. Uh, it deals with identification, and it deals with the character of mystery or mystical or religious Babylon. All false doctrine has its roots in these same spirits, and these spirits are trying to do everything they can. And when we get a little further into this, I'll tell you what I believe the mystery Babylonian religion will actually consist of in the last days. But it's for sure, and it's so with every false religion, they want to take your focus off the Lord Jesus Christ. And they, you know, it doesn't matter uh, how a, a demon spirit can do that, what it can get you to believe. But if you believe that there are other gods, or if you believe that you can save yourself, it's all false. You, and there are a myriad beliefs. And so right now, let's just start by reading these first seven verses, and then we'll get into this a little further. Revelation chapter 17. And there came out, uh, excuse me, there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Now that great whore is symbolic of any way that is not Christ and Him crucified. Let's put it that way. The Apostle Paul, in the seventh chapter of the book of Romans, talked to us about, he, he, he wrote his letter about spiritual adultery. And in other words, when you come to Christ, you are married to Christ in a sense. And when you begin to trust Christ, you're walking in the flow of the power of the Holy Spirit at that point. But when you put your faith on to other things, and this, this is true even, you know, for us as believers, if we put our faith on other things besides the cross of Christ, we are literally committing spiritual adultery. And that's the way it plays out for a Christian. And for somebody who is not saved, uh, whatever God they are worshiping, including the God of self with a capital S, it is a prostitute, if you will, of the true faith, the true way, the true religion, and I don't think religion is a dirty word. James used it in his epistle when he talked about, you know, pure religion is helping the poor and needy and caring for orphans and widows. Um, and we, we're not going to get into all that today. But the true way is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. St. John 14, 6. I, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father except by me. And so anything other than that will be dealt with in this phrase, the great whore, sitteth, and she sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, 
and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her for fornication. Now, when I tell you what I believe this will be, and we might mention it now and then we'll have to mention it again later, but you'll understand what this is all about. Drunk with the wine of her fornication, they're intoxicated. The people will be intoxicated with this euphoria, believing as this mystery Babylon religion will be part of that seventh empire out of which the Antichrist comes. I personally believe that this great whore is destroyed in the middle of the tribulation. And the Antichrist, at that point then, he institutes his own religion on planet Earth that people have to worship him or die. So when you see the mark of the beast being talked about, about midway through the seven-year tribulation, midway through Daniel's 70th week, at the, that's the same time when that mark is issued then this great whore, all of the false religions of the world all through time have been building it up for this one false antichrist to come in and set himself up as God and demand that people worship him. And they will make the statue uh, to the beast and the statue will be caused to speak and people will be drunk in the euphoria of all this as they are worshiping this false way, this false savior, this false messiah, antichrist, in these last days. And these are descriptive words. I mean, uh, the, the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So this angel carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy having seven heads and ten horns. Now that's a description again of the Antichrist. You remember in chapter 13 of the book of Revelation, the beast came up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. So the seven heads refer to empires, and the ten horns refer to nations. And we'll look at that again. We looked at that a little bit in Revelation 13. We will look at it again uh, a little bit later on. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. So let's look at this and let's make a statement here. Organized religion is a huge, big, rich juggernaut. Have you noticed um, in the United States, sadly, one of the things that people spend most of their money on is self-improvement. And it all comes back, this tremendous shopping nation all really comes back to self. There's things that we need, and I'm not, I'm not really talking about the, the act of shopping. I'm just saying that most people spend a good portion of their money on self-improvement. But it's self-improvement without the power of God. It's self-improvement without the power of the Holy Spirit. And yet they will talk about God, some of them will, uh, a good example is this Course in Miracles that was written by Marianne Williamson. She talks about God and she talks about Jesus Christ. Oprah bought into all this. 
unfortunately. And it's all the, you know, spirit guides and all these things. People are doling out dollars. They're drunk. They're inebriated on the fact that it's being taught you will become God. Shirley MacLaine that stands on the beach and screams out to the ocean, I am God. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sure you realize now you're not. Hope, hope you will anyway. I mean, I know one day you will. But uh, these are the forces that we're talking about. The filthiness of the fornication that tries to worship anything. I mean, can you understand that it makes Jesus feel... I can't even put into words how he must feel, but he's the one that looked upon our mankind's sinful condition. He came to planet Earth. He offered himself as the sinless sacrifice that we might come back into fellowship with God the Father. And instead, men choose to say that they can become God. Or that they can get one with the universe. We don't need you, Jesus. We can do it all on our own. That's what Mystery Babylon is. And we're going to get to that a little more. Uh, let's finish reading our scriptures, though. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, decked with gold precious stones. We read that. Having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. So here again it tells us that this is the mother of every false religion that's ever existed upon planet earth. The spirits that promoted it, the, the spirits that deceived humanity into believing it originate in that part of the world of ancient Babylonia. And that's going to play itself out until the very judgment of God puts a stop to it. It's all been for the fact of the to, in an effort to lead up to the Antichrist, the ultimate deception, the ultimate false god, the ultimate false religion. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great ad admiration. Great admiration. The angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman, and the beast that carried her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. And we're going to look at that uh, in a little more detail after a bit. I want to just make mention that we know this is two different situations being referred to. Uh, Revelation 17 being the religious aspect of Babylon and Revelation 18 being the um, political aspect of Babylon. And both, both of these will be somewhat merged when this is when that eighth kingdom arises. When the, when the little horn comes forth that we spoke to you about, I believe in Revelation 13. Um, he will put an end to all of uh, all other religious efforts that have been instituted by man. And he will declare himself God. He will, in essence, start a new religion. But it will borrow heavily from the occultic powers of Babylon.
And so regardless of the semblance of the religion of Rome or some aspects of Babylon, they are not one and the same. There's a lot of people who have tried to identify, and they, they mostly bring the 17th chapter in with the 18th to try to identify Babylon. I've heard people say it's New York City. I've heard people say it's Rome, and more particularly for the 17th chapter, the Roman Catholic Church. I've heard just all kinds of things. And here's, I'm going to cut to the chase, and then later we're going to dig into it a little bit more. But um, New York City does have characteristics of Mystery Babylon, and even political Babylon, commerce Babylon at work in it. Yes, those spirits are involved in that system. Okay, it's, it's the system of the world. It's the system that, that glorifies self and exalts self. But to identify the literal Babylon, I have to go with the traditional viewpoint. And that is that there will be a place in the Middle East, once again, called Babylon. And that is what the 18th chapter is going to take a look at. Now, can it encompass other places in the world? Well, like I said, the spirit, yes. The spirit of Babylon that promotes that activity, you can see that not only in New York, but you can see it in Los Angeles, all throughout the United States. You can see it in Russia. You can see it in Germany. You can see it in every nation of the world. There is a spirit of commerce and whatnot, which we'll look at in the 18th chapter. Same thing with the false religions. They're everywhere. They're not just in that part of the world. They're all over the world. And we're talking about demon spirits that promote these false beliefs. They're not limited by time or by travel. Uh, the, you know, this thing is everywhere. But they are not more powerful than the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's going to take them until the 19th chapter of Revelation from where we are now uh, we're still here in the church age, and they're not going to realize until chapter 19 of Revelation where the battle of Armageddon is and Jesus returns to planet Earth. Then they're going to realize that they're not more powerful than the Lord Jesus Christ. And they will bow to him, and he will cast them into the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone forever and ever and ever. But right now, these spirits are very busy promoting this false systems in the world. The term the great whore and the woman are often used in scripture in connection with Israel, Babylon, also other various pagan nations with whom Israel committed fornication long before there were Christians. So you have, you take a look at Isaiah chapter 13 verse 8. Isaiah 54, 6, Jeremiah 3, 9, Jeremiah 4, 31, 6, 2, and also verse 24, Jeremiah 31, 27, look at Lamentations, chapter 1, verse 17, look at Ezekiel 16, 17 through 36, Ezekiel 20, verse 30, 23, verses 3 through 44, Ezekiel 43, 7 through 9, and Hosea Chapter 4, verses 10, 11, and 12. And these terms, great whore or woman, 
uh, as used here in the 17th chapter of Revelation, are never used regarding professing Christians in any respect. I told you a while ago the zenith of the activity of the great whore trickles into the church in the fact of us putting our faith in other things than the cross of Christ. But we see a church in the scripture that is spotless and washed in the blood of the Lamb. And, and we are donning garments of righteousness because of faith in Jesus. And so that's how God looks at us and sees us. It's our responsibility to not get led astray. It's our responsibility to stay with the pure doctrine of the Word of God, which is the blood of Jesus Christ, the cross of Jesus Christ. And so God works with the saint along those lines through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we, the Christian is in different, a different category than what we're looking at here. At this point, the church has already been raptured. The tribulation is halfway over. Um, and so we're looking at that time frame with these statements. We're not looking at our time frame now. Even though this activity is going on in the world today, and the judgment that both categories will receive will be the same. But this is talking about the mystery Babylon of the last days. This religion could have started at any point in past history, and in fact it does. It, it contains all the elements of all past religions that are false. It culminates, you could say it this way, by giving birth to the person that we know now as the Antichrist. That's not quite correct, but it's, it's just trying to convey to you this is what will be going on, this is what the Antichrist will emerge from, and then he will eliminate all religion except the religion that worships him. And that's what I want to uh, lay down as a bedrock foundation through this part of the book. The religion of Babylon in the days of the Antichrist can best be described as relating to witchcraft, demon worship, and manifestations of demons. And you can look at Revelation chapter 9, verses 20 and 21, Revelation chapter 13, verse 2, look at Daniel chapter 11, verses 37 through 38, Matthew 24, 24, and 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. The religion that will be championed by Satan and given to the Antichrist will be the objects of worship in the last three and one half years of the tribulation. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 3 and 4, uh, also verses 8 through 12, and Revelation 13. The religion of, of uh, Mystery Babylon will be anti-God totally and completely. And there, there, there's going to be a lot of intermingled rituals and rites that relate to a Babylonian occultic spirit. So we're looking right here and we're seeing that leading up to that point of Antichrist desecrating the temple, Daniel's abomination of desolation mentioned of in his prophetic book. Up until that point in time, these demonic religions, witchcraft, demon worship, all of that is going to be predominant in the world as they 
attempt to blaspheme God. You notice the woman riding the beast was full of blasphemies, the scripture said. So they're going to be blaspheming Jesus Christ, blaspheming the true way of salvation, blaspheming everything that we have known as holy, right, just, and good, blaspheming the law of God. And they're going to hand that off to the Antichrist, and he's going to declare he is God, and here is his religion. Here's his way. I will teach you how to look within yourself, and you will see how you can become your own God. You can champion your own cause. You can go your own way. One of the worst songs that was ever written in the world was that song, I Did It My Way. That is the theme song of hell. I want you to hear Brother Paxton today. That is the theme song of hell. We have got to go the way of Jesus. There is no other true way but the way of Jesus. Hallelujah. And as Christians, we humbly submit ourselves to the cross of Calvary. And Jesus begins to teach us how to die to self and to the flesh and to live in the power of His Holy Spirit. And that will be going on even in these last days. After the rapture of the church, there will still be people who will give their heart to Christ. There will be 144,000, glory to God, Jewish evangelists traversing the earth, proclaiming the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a couple of points in time we see in the book of Revelation where angels will fly through the heavens preaching the gospel. And people will be responding positively, some. And then there, there comes a point with most people during that time. Most people during that time will become angry with God and will blaspheme His name as these demon spirits that are promoting this Babylon system, this Babylonish system that's trying to dominate the world. Those spirits will be roaming freely throughout the earth in those days. And many will succumb to them, and they will die and go to hell. And that's just the Bible truth. So, the word abominations is used many times in Scripture. This goes back a long, long way and has references to such practices in Babylon as idolatry and whoredoms, associated again with demon worship, sorceries, and witchcraft of all kinds as practiced by many pagan nations. You know the ancient gods of Baal from this part of the world. The ancient god of Astarte. Uh, the, 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 all of these ancient rituals will come roaring back into fashion, if you will. You don't see too many people today who are outwardly bowing at an altar of Baal. And yet they are bowing at altars of Baal today and they do that in many ways. But here it will be popular as men will once again begin to, and it's never really stopped, but it, it's Christianity, listen friend, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has shined a mighty bright and powerful light in this planet since its inception 2,000 years ago. I mean, the world has had light. Jesus himself said, many have rejected the light. They prefer the darkness. And in, in this point in Revelation, it's going to be a very, very dark time. 
but don't make a, a mistake about it. This is not all yet future. The same demon worshipping, the same sorceries, the same witchcraft that was used by many pagan nations, those spirits are going to make a resurgence, if you will. They're still there now, but the light of the gospel is outshining them, buddy. You better believe it. They're still there. Many people still follow them. Jesus never said it would be the whole earth that would get saved. In fact, Jesus said that it's a narrow road and few there be that find it. The broad road leads to destruction and many there be that go in thereat, the Lord said. And so these things are active, but it's going to get real, real active. It's going to become a proliferation of these practices that Israel, that's the, that's the other point here we want to look at. Israel was seduced by these spirits. Every, everything from Aaron making the golden calf and calling it Jehovah, all the way through the history of Israel as they wandered away from God and they would join in with pagan nations worshiping at pagan, at pagan altars and they would buy in to their false gods. The same thing will happen once again at the end of days. Remember I told you the, the scripture in, in Romans, the book of Romans, I think it's the 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th chapter. It talks a lot about Israel. It talks about you, know, you and I being grafted into that holy vine, which was Israel. And, it, and there's a verse that says in there that all Israel will be saved at the last times, uh, in the last days. All Israel. What does all Israel mean? Everybody just because they're Jewish? No. It, the Bible says that two-thirds of the nation of Israel will be destroyed during the time of the end. So when it says all Israel will be saved, <clears throat> it's one-third that's left. The remnant. God always prays God has a remnant. They will be saved. Picture the wilderness wanderings of Israel before they entered Canaan's land. Before they entered their land of promise, wandering through the wilderness. That's what it's all been. Many people died on the way to the land of promise. Many people, many Israelites, will die on their way back to Jesus Christ. And one third will be left and they will receive Him as their Messiah. So, these abominations, you can look at the pagan nations and how it influenced Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 9-12. through 12. Also, Deuteronomy 29, 17, and 18. Deuteronomy 32, 16, and 17. 2 Kings 16, 3, and 4. 2 Kings 17, 1 through 18. 2 Kings 21, verses 2 through 11. And Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 22 through 58. And these are just a few places where you will see this. Um, the religious system referred to here is of Babylon, and it involves, once again, ancient magic, spiritism, witchcraft, sorcery, idolatry, paganism, and there's a revival of, of the uh, of black arts and black magic. There are circles today where human sacrifices are being offered. We have a problem in our nation 
of the killing of the unborn that is typical of, in Bible days, passing their children through the fires of Moloch. And that's a, that's a whole horrifying uh, thought right there as they would heat the arms of this demon god that they were worshiping and they would lay their children on those arms. It was called being passed through the fire as they sacrificed millions upon millions of their own people in these false pagan witchcraft religions of the past that's never really stopped. There are still places today where human sacrifices are being offered. The world is ripe for a religion in which demon spirits are thoroughly involved. So we see that mystery Babylon is really not a city, but it's a mystery. And in a figurative sense of terminology, it has reference to a religion that will hold sway over hundreds of millions of people in this world. It will be a diabolical religious system consisting of the above, the, the things that we have talked about, the black magic, the dark arts, the witchcraft, and sorcery. Okay? So let me add this in there. And I know this is somewhat, we're plowing through some of this because... I'm trying to get you to see what I'm talking about and understand it. And I don't, I'll tell you, I don't teach a lot on end times. Now, I, I, I preach on the rapture quite a bit. And I, I preach on certain topical things. Uh, but we're going through this verse by verse in this precious book of Revelation. And God has promised us a blessing. But there's a little bit of plowing that has to be done. Um, so let's look at this from another point of view, not another point of view, a different opinion, but another point of view as in perspective. Perspective. Mystery Babylon, the religion, involves, this will be at this time during the Great Tribulation, the last, what we could call, clash of the titans. These ancient, paganistic, demon spirits, and religions, these abominable practices that blaspheme the true and holy one living God. You follow me? Will make a resurgence in the earth. We have not quite seen days, and certainly never in America, we have not seen days where people were running around the, the deserts of the world offering each other up, sacrifice to demon gods. But this is going to get more and more and more. And in this period, the Great Tribulation period, it's going to be predominant. There's going to be way more of them than there are believers in Jesus on the earth. And it's going to look pretty bad. It's going to look like there's all hope is gone. And in man's own uh, efforts of strength and abilities to solve these problems, all hope is gone. As far as planet earth is concerned, all hope is gone. For real. But this is setting the stage for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we said earlier, then these ancient, ancient demon spirits, some of whom are bound right now, and will be loosed again, the Bible says, from the river Euphrates. And the Euphrates runs right through there in that old Babylonian area. Demon spirits 
so powerful that they can cause objects to levitate. Demon spirits so powerful that they will perform false miracles in order to deceive the masses of people who will ultimately follow, uh, follow and fall in with the beast. That's what we're talking about here in 17 Revelation. We're looking at this system and we're going to see its destruction by the Lord Jesus Christ at His return. So, there are numerous prophecies in the Bible concerning Babylon that still must be fulfilled. They haven't been fulfilled yet. We read them in Isaiah 13, chapter uh, 13, verses 1 through 22, chapter 14, 1 through 27. Uh, Isaiah 43, 14, 47, uh, 1 through 15, Isaiah 48, 20, Jeremiah chapters 50 and 51, Revelation 14, 8, 16, 17 through 21, Revelation 18, 1 through 24. Babylon is the city of the last days that will serve as the headquarters for demons and unclean spirits. Revelation 18, verse 2, which we'll get to. It will also be the center of sorceries and enchantments and other related things. We've looked at that. Uh, take a look also uh, at Revelation 18, verse 23, and Isaiah chapter 47, verses 9 and 10, and verses 12 and 13. So we can see from this that the city of Rome uh, would not fulfill this prophecy, nor would any other center of false worship and false religions. Okay, it's talking about this specific area where once part of the Garden of Eden stood. Okay, and we believe that Jerusalem was most likely the center of the Garden of Eden. Okay, and consider this. This is where the fall took place. This is where man's fellowship with God was broken. This is where first in the form of of a serpent, the enemy of our soul made his bid and his power play to deceive the human race to take us all to hell. This is where it originated. This is a hotbed of demon activity. Now that doesn't mean there aren't demons in, in Florida, because there are. It doesn't mean there aren't demons in Michigan. There are. It doesn't mean there's not demons in the United States. There are. And, and they're all sinister, dark, evil. But what I'm trying to get you to see is this particular place that we're going to look at in the next chapter, this particular place is where this spirit of deception and abomination was born. And even the term born isn't correct because birth links back to God this was fostered and fomented, actually, and it belongs to Satan. This mystery Babylon system, religion, whatever you want to call it. It turns itself into the political and actual city of Babylon. And we don't know if this will be the exact city of Babylon that existed in ancient times, but it will definitely be in that part of the world. Babylon is the city named for making nations drunk with the wine of her fornication. Chapter 18, verse 3. And so we can see in there that a lot of spirits 
the, the evil spirits behind the commerce of the world absolutely is influenced by the spirit of Babylon. So in those senses, it would include places that are corrupting others, such as New York City, such as uh, Istanbul. Power centers where these spirits flock to. But we believe we are talking here of a literal Babylon, a place in that part of the world which is singled out and named as the object of God's wrath and plagues. Uh, Revelation 16, verse 19, Revelation 18, verses 4 through 6. She is also named to be judged in the last days for martyrdoms. Revelation 18.24. The, in other words, they took the life of people who served the true and living God. This false system murders them. And, and this is where that spirit comes from. What, notice again, the area of the world carrying tremendous weight in this because this is the exact place where Cain rose up and slew his brother. The very first murder recorded in the Word of God occurred because a spirit came into Cain. And Abel was the righteous one. He was the holy one. He was the good one. He was the one that was taught to follow Jehovah. Cain was taught as well, but he rejected it. And listen to me closely here. When, when a world that is cuddling to its breast evil, sees the righteous, they become murderous in intent toward the righteous. That has never changed. That's been going on since the beginning of time. It's that same demonic spiritual system with actual demon spirits that are trained because they have rank you know, the principalities, the powers, the spirits of wickedness and the rulers of, in high places. They're trained in how to bring humanity down and steal humans from the Lord. This is the same place where that happened to begin with. The Antichrist will be perhaps king of Syria, and Babylon will be its capital. Isaiah chapter 14 verse 4. The great whore will ride the beast, that is the Antichrist kingdom, in his rise to power over the ten kingdoms. And we read it in Revelation 17 verses 3 and 7. She symbolizes the religion in his capital even prior to his dominion over the ten kingdoms. And next time... In the next program, we're going to take a look at who these ten kingdoms are, and what, they, what they symbolize, and what they are literally as we move through this 17th chapter. The religion developing in Babylon could either be new, a new religion altogether or simply a revival of the ancient sorcery, uh, sorcery witchcraft, enchantments, and astrology characteristics of the ancient city of Babylon. These uh, religious activities will be prevalent in the entire empire, the ten nations or the ten regions of the world, territory, 
in the last days. So let me stop there and say this. It is extremely possible that this actually will be a worldwide scene. Um, so it won't be limited just to the area surrounding the Mediterranean Sea. But that's where all of this started. That's where the scenes of the final hours of the last days will come down to, will be in that part of the world. Jesus is returning to Jerusalem. He's not returning to Tallahassee or L.A. or New York. You know what I'm saying? Jesus is returning to the Mount of Olivet in Jerusalem. And the mountain will split in half. So these events are centered in that part of the world. But like, see, I'm trying to, I'm going as slow as I can go because I don't know how to say this all. Just Holy Spirit help me in the name of Jesus. Just like all through the ages and the original sins that started in this part of the world that we're looking at today, uh, the Garden of Eden and, and the fall and the first murder and the Tower of Babel where... God had to come down and confound the languages of human beings because otherwise they would take this self-exploration uh, to its highest level. And the, and the Bible even said, the Lord said, nothing that they've imagined to do will become impossible for them. So God came down, He stopped that, He confused the languages. One guy said, you know, hand me a brick, and another guy said, poly du français, or something like that. I mean, they didn't understand one another. Different nations began to form, different languages began to form. But the spirit that was behind it all, and I say spirit in the singular, it is millions of demon spirits involved in this stuff. Millions of demon spirits that are involved in these abominations. They have never taken a day off. They've never taken a break. They've never slowed in their pace to obey their evil master Satan. And they've been a corrupting influence on planet earth against the true and living God since the very beginning. They have never disappeared they have never, sometimes they change tactics, but they never stop. They never quit trying to drag souls to hell. It all started at that tree in the garden. You think of, you think of it. It all started there. And it has progressed to now, once again, like the Tower of Babel. Virtually nothing that mankind can imagine will be impossible to him through these inventions of technologies in these last days. And so now we start seeing these spirits stirring up again. And whereas they've always been there, they've always incited people to commit murder and fornication and abomination and evil imaginations, they're stirring up again because the time is short. And man is going to be imagining all these things that he is God and so he can create it and he can do it while all the time thumbing his nose at Almighty God and cursing the name of Jesus Christ. And so what does God do? What will God do? He will come down again. 
Hallelujah. He will come down just like He did at the Tower of Babel. He come and brought judgment. Jesus is soon to return to planet earth and bring judgment. Hallelujah. It's, it's at the Battle of Armageddon. He comes for His people in the rapture. And you'll have to go back and listen to chapter 4 again. At the second coming at the end of the Battle of Armageddon where He defeats His foes, period. I don't even imagine it's going to be that much of an effort for Jesus Christ, who is God Almighty, the Lord Jesus Christ, to just defeat those enemies and crush evil under His feet once and for all. That's coming. When man allows himself to be put in that position where he thinks he is God, he thinks he should control his destiny, he thinks that anything he imagines he can do, when, when mankind gets to that place, God comes down. Just like at the Tower of Babel, just like at the flood. And one day, at the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what this whole thing has been about. The war between good and evil. The war between following the true and the living God or following this mystery Babylon. Jesus warned us that there would be false prophets with great signs and wonders deceiving people in the last days. Matthew 24, 24. Paul predicted that the Antichrist would come with powerful signs and lying wonders, which would be Satan's powers. Uh, you can read it in 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 8-12, through 12, Revelation 13, verses 1-8, through 8, Revelation 19, verse 20. The demon powers manifesting these phenomenal wonders and sorceries that literally deceive all nations will be concentrated in literal Babylon. Revelation 14.8, Revelation 18.23, Isaiah 47, verses 9 and 10, Isaiah chapter 12 and 13. So while the spirits will go out over the whole world, deceiving and to deceive, they will be headquartered in literal Babylon. And we're going to look in chapter 18 at literal Babylon more closely. The Antichrist will establish a religion. He will martyr millions of people during the last three and a half years of the tribulation. Revelation 7, verses 9 through 17. Revelation 13, verses 1 through 18. Revelation 14, verses 9, 10, and 11. And also verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 2. Revelation 16, 13 through 16. Revelation 19, verse 20. Revelation 20, verses 4 through 6. So certainly... Mystery Babylon with a revival of ancient magic ritual and all, it will be endued with demon powers, dominating the territory of the old Roman Empire. The territory that, and it was all of uh, Greece, Macedonia, Iran, Iraq, uh, Syria, all, all of the empires came to a head in the old Roman Empire, which was the largest empire ever. It covered all of the old empires. So we use it as a reference point saying that in that part of the world, demon power will cause 
to martyr many, many, many of those who become saints of Jesus Christ during the first half of the tribulation and before the Antichrist comes to full power over the ten kingdoms. And the Antichrist is handed off the same mandate as he causes false miracles, deception, and martyrs anyone who comes against him. It is conceivable that a religious system could develop with headquarters in Babylon that would fulfill Revelation 17 during the years that the Antichrist is coming to power. If the Antichrist in the period of three and one half years could start a new religion with himself as the object of worship, 2 Thessalonians 2 verses 3 and 4, Revelation 13 verses 1 through 18, and he will kill millions of people who do not take his mark and worship him. The religion coming into being in Babylon will be demon-propelled, as will be the one founded by the Antichrist. So there's Antichrist actually does away with all religions that don't worship him. The headquarters will be in Babylon, but the Antichrist will move his headquarters to Jerusalem. And that's where we'll leave off today uh, in our study of Revelation. But let's look at this section of scripture one more time. Revelation 17 verses 1 through 7, and there came out, uh, there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me saying, come up hither, or come hither, and I will shew unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sits upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And that wilderness there is again another indicator that this religion that started its foment in this part of the world has spread through the entire earth. Many people call it uh, the, the religion of New Age. These are, these are the ones who started it where they started it, which is where mankind was centered in the beginning, in nations of the world that surrounded the Mediterranean Sea, and by the power uh, and the propagation of demon spirits, it has circled the globe, and it's now everywhere. And though the gospel has shined a great light into the world, and so we look at some of these people who are doing these things and we see the obvious chicanery and abomination behind it. It will make a resurgence and it will become the accepted norm. That was point number two uh, that we made during this time. So I'm, I'm wandering through this wilderness, he said, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads, ten horns, and the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said unto me, 
Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. And when we pick up in our next session, we will look at verses 17, uh, chapter 17, verses 8 through 18, as we continue our study in Mystery Babylon. So in closing for this class today, let's say this. Chapter 17, Mystery Babylon. Chapter 18, Literal Babylon. Both having the same evil spirits behind it. Um, it's very likely that Rebabylon will be rebuilt. Just as today on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, we do not see a temple, but it will be rebuilt. It's very likely to me that literal Babylon will be rebuilt and will headquarters the Antichrist. And in the spirit realm, the unseen realm, it will be the headquarters for these demon armies and these ranks of demon spirits. You have to think of Satan's evil power like you almost think of an army, a military, because they have rank, they are highly organized, and Satan is their commando-in-chief. And the headquarters will be Babylon. Thank you very much for tuning in today. I've been somewhat wordy, and we've slowed this down just as much as we could, even to the breaking of it into two parts, because we don't want to miss a single thing that the Holy Spirit is revealing to us and showing us as we study together the great book of Revelation. When we started this several months ago, it was my desire... Actually, a few partners had asked me, let's study through the book of Revelation together. And uh, usually when I preach, I preach evangelistic sermons because I'm trying to win people to Jesus. And uh, I'm not per se a teacher of Bible prophecy. But also I am aware that the mandate of any preacher of the gospel, any of us, is to preach the entire word of God. And so we made the time to do this series together, to read Revelation with our partners, to bring out some Greek word studies, some biblical references, and to kind of outline the book for you. Right now we're in chapter 17, a parenthetical passage describing to us this false religion of the seventh empire, and one that will be adopted by the eighth, the eighth empire, which is Antichrist, okay? He will adopt this same religion, but he will declare himself to be God. We've left off after the beginning stages of 17th chapter of Revelation, and we will be back to pick it up there another time. So this is Evangelist Len Paxton. I'm encouraging you to study the Word of God for yourself. Get some good material on the book of Revelation and look these things up and walk forward in the power of the Holy Spirit today and every day, declaring the truth in the love of God and winning souls to Jesus. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.